Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Volt here, and joining me today uh, is Dave Hollis. Uh, Dave's been on the podcast before. Maybe you remember last time we talked about uh, his book, uh, Get Out of Your Own Way, uh, and launching that in the middle of COVID and all that craziness, uh, and just a lot of really good reflections. Uh, and so, um, Dave, he's a New York Times bestselling author. He's the host of the Rise Together podcast. Um, he's a keynote speaker, a life and business coach. Uh, he's been the CEO of media media startup, president of sales uh, at Walt Disney Company. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, he's also uh, the author of books that I've already mentioned. So get out of your own way. That was the, the first one. Built Through Courage was the second one. And then got an upcoming kids book, uh, which looks cool. It's Here's uh, to Your Dreams. Uh, Dave, welcome back. Hey, thank you for having me back, man. It's so good to see you again. Yeah, right back at you. So why books? Like, why? This seems like this is it's a big part of your life and brand and um, has continued to be a priority. Why books and how does it kind of fit in with what you're doing? It's so interesting because I don't know that I grew up thinking, you know what I need to do? I need to write books. Um, what I did have a feeling for, whether it was calling or otherwise, was this draw to reporting. And there was something, whether it was like idolizing, bizarrely, like my childhood hero was Dan Rather. I, that's not a thing that people have as childhood heroes, but like, I always thought, hey, maybe I can take some of my ability to speak or my ability to storytell or synthesize information and bring it to a medium like TV and, and be a reporter, be a newscaster. And when I was in college, I found myself behind the desk at uh, Pepperdine's local, you know, public access channel. And I uh, spent a little bit of time in school working inside of communications, but my career veered away from that for some length of time. And when I found myself leaving corporate for entrepreneurship and working more inside of a business that was trying to put tools in people's hands, I was witness to the power of how storytelling and, and books were able to afford people an opportunity to think differently, challenge some of their own limiting beliefs, or open up their minds to the possibility of what could be in their future for maybe seeing some of their own selves and the stories of the people who were authoring books. And so, um, you know, I happened to also be married to someone at the time when I wrote that first book, who obviously had had some success with publishing, but I knew that I was wildly different in my wiring and just kind of the way that I was and being motivated, unlike her or intrinsically driven in, in ways that were so different. And I thought, man, I wonder if there are people who are somewhat like me that maybe don't wake up uh, on fire for the day that don't have um, the same kind of kind of spark or optimism. And uh, if I were to tell some of my stories and how I had to persevere through some of my own, whether it was programming from family of origin or the way that my brain just naturally thinks, maybe that would be a, a, a tool set, a gift for someone who finds themselves relating a little bit more maybe to me than someone who um, is more kind of a unicorn, as it were, with uh, just mm. being motivated naturally. And so mm. that was where it started. And uh, it's kind of just continued as I think about like, well, hey, I'm never 
not well, I guess never say never, but I don't think I'm going to be a person who's reporting in a conventional sense on a television, you know, at a television desk, but maybe I can write in a way that has me doing something of a different kind of reporting and sharing stories, sharing insights that have come from other great teachers that have influenced the way that I'm making progress in my own life in the hopes mm -hmm. that it affords people the chance to make progress in their own. Mm, that's great. And it feels like the first the first book was kind of a, a jumping off point or kind of kind of the, the foundation for launching more of your personal brand. And then the second, do you feel like the second one has kind of built on that? Is it went in a different direction? Like how, how has that kind of sequentially happened? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because the first was very much that like take on, man, I'm not motivated in the same way. I don't have that same kind of drive. I don't have, and I wanted to explain how I had to get out of my own way just because of some of my own tendencies, whether they were, whether they were you know, ways that I let thinking get in my way or negative coping mechanisms get in my way. The second book was really about this journey of trying to understand kind of who I am and why I'm here. And it was written in a window of time where so much of my identity had been shaken up that it was as much a kind of cathartic real-time run through of how I was also trying to process where am I like a real honest self-diagnostic of kind of where I am what's worked and hasn't where do I feel called and don't what are my values what do I stand for but then beyond that where am I going and you know for people who are unfamiliar with my story I was married I was you know then divorced and wrote a book not terribly long in the aftermath of this primary pillar of my identity as husband to her going away. And we'd worked together. And so professionally speaking, this person that I had been in helping grow a company also went away. And so I found myself in so many respects, looking at a blank piece of paper, trying now to architect what this future of mine was going to look like when it certainly wasn't going to look like anything I'd previously thought that it might. And the book is, in a lot of ways, my journey of trying to build a plan and confront my own fears and to really understand what it was going to take for me to live in integrity on an everyday basis to create a reality that I was now forecasting in real time. Mm, mm, that's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that, man. I, it's, I, I, was just, I just did a podcast interview um, earlier today, so I guess contextually when these will come out next uh, next to each other with uh, Mary Lawless Lee, and she was talking. We were we were talking about a a book is therapy, and uh, in a lot of ways, a book writing a book, and and especially if you're writing about personal life experiences, I call it free therapy. <laughs> I oh mean, yeah, you're, you're crystallizing your thoughts into text, which that when it's not around something that's real raw and painful, is hard enough. <laughs> and and she talked about what I thought was really interesting I never heard before was um she was like she started going through therapy alongside the book and I was like okay were you were you asking about topics that you were writing about was it just natural like how did that happen and then she also talked about her personal life experience of saying I think it was she wrote it 10 or 12 years after divorce and reflecting back from that standpoint so did you do any of those similar things like were you going through therapy alongside this and then are you glad that you wrote the book immediately after that experience? You think it would have been better later? What's your take on all that? Yeah. Oh, man, I've given so much thought to this. Number one, uh, I'm always going to therapy. 
because I'm always working through something. I've been going to therapy for years. I love therapy. I will be uh, an advocate always and forever for people sitting with somebody who can help them process what they're thinking and feeling. I actually started a kind of therapy in the immediate aftermath of divorce called Internal Family Systems, which I actually write about in the book, trying to really understand what the individual parts of me are and what roles they believe themselves to be playing in a way that allowed me as self to separate as me from them. So like I could be anxious, but I'm not, I'm not my anxiety. I'm the witness to this anxiety. I can be sad, but I'm not in myself a sad person. I am just now witness to the sadness. And part of what I talk about in the book and part of what was happening in therapy was me as again, something of an investigative reporter trying to understand a little bit better what role that anxiety or that sadness or that grief or that whatever was trying to play because each of these parts believed that they were doing something for me, even if they didn't feel good when they were presenting. The question though of, you know, how, I'm so glad that I wrote the book when I did in that it was for me something unbelievably therapeutic to try and take what, I mean, I have journals with thousands and thousands of more words and more thoughts. And this was, you know, a small subset of what I was ultimately kind of processing, working through and writing in the window that I was putting the book together. But I do, I am self-aware enough to I really appreciate that, man, I wrote about some things that as I look back at them now, I still, man, I think it's such a great resource. I am so proud of the work. And I also think that I didn't yet fully appreciate the totality of the lesson that I was being taught as I was sharing it with the reader. And so as I think about what I'll inevitably write at some point in the future, you know, I think some of what will be written will be, huh, like Dave in 2021, Dave in you know, 2020, he didn't yet understand how all these dots connected. He, you know, he, he had a glimpse of a picture and was processing that portion of the picture in ways that you as a reader might in fact have been processing also. But time has provided just unbelievable perspective on these things and the nuances that come in time have revealed, yeah, there are certainly some things that I wish, huh, I would have been able to tell an even fuller picture. I would have been able to provide some even greater resources or depth of what it means another six months, another 18 months away from what for me was the biggest hardship that I've ever processed in my life. And so I can hold at the same time that I'm super proud of the work and think it's a great resource. And the thing that I write next will be unbelievably better for even additional time and a lot more sitting in a therapist's office, understanding so much more about myself as um, I've had, again, not like the benefit of time, but also the benefit of a lot of conversation, a lot of tools, a lot of teachers, a lot of other people coming around me, helping me see, see things that um, just that early into that dark forest, I, I wasn't able to see the totality of what it was that I was walking into. Mm, that's great. That's really cool. And I was just looking up episodes. So this will be the week after. So guys come back next week. Um, Mary Lawlessly, we'll talk about that. Because her, she was saying it was almost like reprocessing the whole event 12 years later. And, and that's what's interesting, I think, about what you're saying is that that's the beautiful thing about life and learning is if you're a lifelong learner, you will continue to learn things and your perspective will shift. And I think it's, it's almost like when you read a book 
And you read the book and then you read it again with a new context and then you learn something totally different. I've never thought about that the other way as the author of, I wrote the book with that context. And then five years later, I, if I were to go back and write that book, uh, I would maybe write something differently based on what I know now. Yeah, and well, I, I will tell you this though. I mean, the one thing I would say, I couldn't write the book now the way that it was written. I, like I, I was tapped into and had proximity to so much raw feeling that afforded me an ability to, whether it was cathartic or otherwise, put it on paper in a way yeah. that those words wouldn't come out today in the same mm -hmm. kind of a way. I, I, I have created so much peace and acceptance and, um, and closure on some of what was like really just new, but it's newness was forcing a, a, a real investigative, a real kind of like autopsy is the wrong word, but like I wanted to understand why I was thinking the way that I was thinking and why I was doing the things I was doing and what it was going to mean to have to in the absence of being who I was, figure out who I am. And I have a better sense of self today than I did then. And in the absence of being as lost as I was, I don't know that I would have been able to kind of tap into as much of what was tapped into then. So yeah. it's interesting because, you know, like the thing I'd write now, it's just so different than what this was. And mm. also talking about courage, the time you're going to need it most is when it feels the most raw, when it feels mm. the most new and different mm -hmm. and scary. And it's part of why I think, man, I'm glad. I'm glad that I wrote it as yeah. my, like in that window because I was writing it as much to myself as I was writing it to anyone who might read it. Mm, that's great. That's really great. Um, hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. Let's talk about kind of the launch components of these these two different books. So I guess switching gears completely. <laughs> and and uh, so last time, you know, last time we talked about, I was just um, looking at my notes, is we talked about um, how you had to cancel the book tour for the first book during COVID, pivoted, uh, pivoted kind of that whole um, experience. We talked about um, how you wish you would have written the book sooner. Um, we talked about all of the ways that the book was feeding into the business that you were a part of at the time, kind of all those things. So what did you learn from the first book to second book? And how did, what did you do differently marketing that second book? And maybe what were the two or three things that sold the most copies? Well, I mean, there, there are so many things that were different between release one and re release two. I, the, the biggest thing that was different is that uh, in the in the window leading into the release of the first book, there was such kinetic energy happening inside the company with the success of the live events and the speaking and the podcasts. And there was a TV program and a line at a couple of different retailers. I mean, there was just a lot of great energy that um, the company being supportive of the launch of a book 
and the way that each of those individual businesses could help support, you know, drawing attention to the book, man, it just, it created an environment unlike anything any first time author could ever hope for. And so even in the absence of not having a, a tour, which I was so excited about, there was success. And it was, you know, in some ways, a reflection of proximity to my then wife, in some ways, a reflection of some lightning in the bottle things that were happening at the company. And man, I was, you know, such a grateful recipient of all of the good that came from it. And also, all of the good that came from it was part of why the launch of the second book for me was really hard. Because I was, you know, in 2020, I was stepping away from the business to start really trying to do this work as a, as a personality. That sounds like such a weird thing to say, but as an author or as a coach, rather than, a, you know, kind of an executive that was helping lead a team. And it was jarring because I didn't have a ton of experience inside of this world and was for the first time having to figure out how to do this new kind of work well. In the aftermath of my marriage coming to an end, which, right, this book came out in March of 2020. We had a conversation about divorce at the end of May. So it was a very short window. Um, the, the time between end of marriage and launch of second book had me trying to maintain some of my getting my feet under me uh, as an author, as a speaker, as a person who was um, doing this work. But now I was doing it outside of this company that I'd helped build. And as a person who was not a part of a relationship with another um, person who did work with me for years and years worth of time, separate from being the mother of my kids. And as much as I think in the beginning of 2020, there were some questions for me of kind of where do I fit in the mix of what we do, where, you know, my wife was, you know, the absolute 100% number one part of what we had put out as a part of the Hollis company. And I didn't know, you know, I'd like to do this work. I feel called to it. I think there's a place for it. But I, I think I still had some questions as to kind of where I fit in a, in a, in, inside of the relationship and even inside the company. And now that I was outside of it, um, I didn't realize that some of that doubt or those questions really existed until we got to the launch of that second book when I didn't have the benefit of the company supporting it, I didn't have uh, the, the things that had previously made that first launch go off with uh, as few hitches as, uh, as it did. And so the questions that my kind of negative self-talk or the, the insecurity that came in the absence of you know, being married or those feelings of rejection at the end of a marriage... Uh, I started to wonder if I deserved to even be in the space or if the success of that first one was in some ways less a reflection of my good work and more a reflection of the environment in, in which it was released. And so as much as we, man, I pushed as hard as I could, I ended up pushing too hard. Uh, I, in the absence of there being an appetite for a tour, in the absence of having some of those kind of bigger platforms that had brought me on to, you know, a morning show like a Good Morning America in that first go around, um, that insecurity, that fear, that worry that I was going to be kind of found out for not being good, it had me really try and push as hard as I could in creating a tour out of thin air. We're five days in five cities. Here I am trying to create something. And uh, I, you know, at, at, at just after the launch, 
I just, I'd run myself completely ragged and it caught up to me. And so there was something, something in the mix of um, probably not having fully processed all the things in divorce, probably not having processed all of the uh, the feelings of um, what it would mean to try and do something like this and not have it compared to that first release because of so many of the conditions being different. And I couldn't help myself, still compared myself to that first release. And uh, I just, I really struggled with the results of the release in a way that took so much of my pride for the work and the way that it was being received by the readers of the work and, and in some ways ruined it, to be honest. Yeah. It, it's an interesting, cause I had, I had similar, but similar, but I guess opposite experiences with my first two books and in like the first one, I had no expectations and it did, and it wildly exceeded expectations. And it was this euphoric thing. And then the second one I had, kind of similar to what you're saying is like crazy high expectations. And then we were way below those expectations and it was miserable. <laughs> and it's so, so interesting. like the big takeaway for me since then has been how expectations around a launch for an author can be one of the most harmful or just life killing things. Like it's great to have, uh, you know, like you're a guy that sets goals. I'm a guy that sets goals. It's like, I love having goals around things. And that's just how I'm wired. Yeah. But at the same time, having like the higher the expectation, the more likely that you, the, or the more likely that you will not enjoy the process, <laughs> and the more likely that it's it, it it can come to a point where you're like, man, I just remember after that launch, I was like, gosh, that sucked. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want really to do that for a while. And no, almost like I... kind of tarnishes the the intent of why you were doing it in the first place. Yeah. I I mean. This will sound maybe ridiculous, but I'm fine to admit it. What I what I can see that I couldn't at the time is that there were I was putting the number of units sold or making a list as the way that I might be affirmed as being worthy of doing the work, which is ridiculous. And in some ways was a byproduct of having had a ridiculous amount of very early success that really kind of saturated and, and ruined a little bit of my own expectation meter. But in the aftermath of a divorce that frankly, you know, kind of came as a support, not even kind of, it came as a surprise to me. It wasn't a thing that we've been talking about. I was smarting from what was more or less rejection. And because we'd worked together and that first book had come out inside of a company that we'd built, somehow, somewhere, Inside of my brain, this little scared boy thought, you know what, if I can at least sell a certain number of books, I can show people that I am, I, I'm, I'm worthy in a way that, you know, would maybe change the way that they would have seen me being rejected in this marriage, which is ridiculous. It's just such a ridiculous thing because the headline is like the book ended up doing well. It wasn't, you know, a disappointment on the publisher's side. It was it did fine. It just didn't do as well as that first release. And for whatever reason, my insecurity, my fear, my ego, my whatever, took it and ruined it by thinking, if I just work hard enough, I can alone engineer the same kind of success that I experienced when I was still married in a lightning in a bottle situation with a company of 60 people supporting a book. And it was a ridiculous fool's errand kind of thing. 
And I work myself into this, you know, sad, exhausted, embarrassing state trying to, you know, push a rock up a hill that was never meant to go there. Mm-hmm. Or, or that, you know, you successfully push it up a really great hill. Uh, <laughs> and that, you know, it's like the perspective of that, like you push it up a really great hill. But if, if you viewed the hill of your previous book launch with all the context that you said, it then feels like you didn't get it all the way up the hill. Yeah. You know, which is, is go back, goes back to the expectations thing. That's really powerful, man. Thanks for sharing that. Of course. I, I'd love to hear about uh, the upcoming children's book. Uh, so totally different. Um, and let's see. Um, so we've got here's to your dreams. Uh, wh- what's what's kind of the thought or intention b- b- behind that? Why a children's book? Where does this fit in with what you're doing? Yeah. So my daughter and I, Noah, have this thing that we do called Tea Time. We turned it into a little fun video series where the conceit was, hey, I'm, you know, working in a world where people are buying personal development books because they need to unlearn things that the world has taught them. Is there some possibility that I could take some of these themes, condense them down and teach her some capital T truths when she is three, four and five years old, such that before the world teaches her that she shouldn't dream too big or she can't do a certain thing, um, that she actually can. And so we start having fun with this online video series and um, my publisher and I had a conversation like, you know what? this would make a great book. I'm like, yes, I am here for this. Let's go. So uh, here's to your dreams is just this idea of uh, how could you potentially take a fantastical adventure where we start at a tea table and do some fun storytelling about what it means to believe in yourself, chase your dreams in this. Noah has this big dream of wanting to captain a ship and realizes as soon as we start on the adventure that can't find someone to build it, We got to do it ourselves. We don't know how to do it. We try to do it anyway. And as we do and fail, but then learn from our failures, we find our way out at sea, then it rains and conditions don't go as we'd like. We have to adapt and pivot. And as we do, we realize we didn't think ourselves qualified for the dream, but of course we always had everything inside of us to achieve it. And so it's hoping to teach, you know, call it 48 year old, four to eight year old kids that, they deserve to dream that they are inevitably going to fail at things when they do. But if they can persevere and keep pushing through, um, they're going to find themselves standing with that achieved dream and a renewed, bigger sense of self. And so mm. I got a copy of the book right here. I mean, look at this baby. It's uh, Noah and I having our tea time. It comes out. That November. looks awesome. So excited. I know. You said it, it comes out November. November 8th. November 8th. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so the book comes out November 8th. I, I think, um, so we have uh, we have a whole children's book school where we help people um, create children's books. And I think a lot of the, one of the biggest, one of the hardest things, and it depends on the age range that you're writing for, right? That we see a lot of our authors uh, um, struggle with is how do you tell that story in 750 words or in whatever the word count is you remember the word count and any tips that you like how did you do that like how did you distill it down uh and have a powerful message but in a bite-sized package 
Well, I mean, I don't know that this is the way you do it. This is the first time I've ever tried it, but I laid it out. So this is just the way my brain works. I laid it out because there, I want to say there's 24 panels and I laid it out and identified up front some of the kind of themes that I was hoping might come through in the book. So first you got a dream, then you've got, well, no, first you've got to try a bunch of different things. And so you start with curiosity, curiosity then sparks what you should actually dream for. So I had curiosity on one page and then, all right, well, how could we get curiosity to come through? And then it was dreaming. Like, all right, well, how are you going to cast your dream? And then it was doubt because inevitably a dreamer dreams a big dream. And then they start to second guess if they are worthy of that dream. And then it's, you know, some kind of affirmation. And so I just identified like, what is the thing that you're trying to accomplish in either that single or double fold page? And then once it was all kind of laid out and it's, I mean, there were some, there were certain things that I, you know, oh, it would be great to also get this in there. Like, no, Dave, you don't have that many words. You don't have that many pages. You kind of pick the things that you ultimately think you can fit in. And then it was about telling a, a quick story. You know, you know, you only got so many words, this happens to rhyme. So you got to try and find a, find a way to do it in rhyme fashion. But uh, I just, I, I'm, I love the way that it, it, it came out and the pride that my five-year-old has and the fact that mm. you know, this book that we've been working on, this series that we've been doing, um, it's one of these things that's just been a rad memory maker and uh, is going to be a part of our story forever. So it's cool. That's really cool. A really cool thing uh, to do with your kids and just some serious street cred. I mean, when she goes to school, <laughs> there's this book. There's a book. I help create. I'm in the. I am in this book. Do you see That's this? Right. That is me. That's so cool. How um, switching gears to the marketing of this book. How does how has the marketing looked different? How it, has it been a similar playbook of things to market and launch this book? Has it been totally different? What's that look like? Totally different. Yeah. No. I mean, this one. I mean, it's maybe rarer that there is. Uh, uh, something that we can pull from in the online video series, but taking some of the fun clips that we've had from the last three years of these every once in a while episodes of us talking about dreams and perseverance or whatever it might end up being, um, that's part of it. But this is a conversation with parents of what they can in reading this book to their kids, hope that their kids might take away from it. And so helping them understand, oh yeah, this is, you're going to learn about chasing your dreams. You're going to learn about perseverance. You're going to learn about reframing failure. You're going to learn about believing in yourself. Um, but then it's also for us um, creating a fun set of tools that people can take as they buy the book with, you know, Noah's tips on how to have the great tea time and an activity guide that they can jump in and, you know, do with their, with their kiddo. Um, there's some affirmation cards so that if you want to help also instilling some capital T truths in your own kid that they are these great qualities that you hope for them to aspire to. Um, so it's been a little bit of a mix, a little bit of like, let's remind you of how much those of you who've seen the series love the series. Here's a little bit of the intended benefit that you as a parent might have in getting this for your kiddo. And then here's some fun stuff that you just get for free for buying the darn book that you can mm. uh, take and have some fun with your kid that also hopefully helps them believe a little bit more in themselves and helps them become a little bit more of a dreamer. That's cool. I, I think one of the unique things about kids books is that you've got two audiences, right? It's how do you write a book that parents will be proud to buy and kids will love to read. And so you're yeah. marketing to both the parent and, uh, and the child. Are you, so like with things like your podcast and stuff like that, 
are you leaning into this on there? Are you going and talking to the parents? Are you doing something totally different? Like, I'm just trying to think of how this would play out with all the different kind of assets or mechanisms that you have to market yeah. through your platform. I'm going to have, I'm going to have Noah as a guest on the podcast on cool. the day that the book yeah. comes out, that will drop. Yeah. So we'll have some fun. That's going to be a little bit more just us goofing though, because yeah. at five, uh, <laughs> she says whatever, she says whatever comes to her mind, which is part of what is amazing and beautiful both in the series and in real life. But um, I, you know, like I've made mention a handful of times of the fact that it's coming, but I'm also like, I'm proud of the work. And I'm also, this is one of those like lessons in managed expectations. I am like, I am going to be, I, I am so excited about it. And I'm also like releasing this in a way that is a complete departure from the way that I held so tightly to the release of the last book and go through courage. So yeah. um, I'm going to give it everything I got and I'm also going to let it go. Good for you, man. Good for you. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Dave, this has been great. What what would be kind of your your parting piece of advice for the day from how many ever years ago before you wrote your first book and all the other Daves that are out there who are thinking about writing their first book? It's so crazy. I I just happened to see this clip. I put it up as a throwback Thursday. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore, but I found a clip of me saying uh, this tattoo that is on my arm, which is a John Shedd quote that I use in Built Through Courage. Uh, it says a ship in harbor is safe but that's not what ships are built for. Um, I got it as I was leaving corporate after a long career at Disney to start in entrepreneurship. I got it at this, as this reminder that, hey, um, you were built to be out in this rocky water, choppy water, not to be tied to some dock of your comfort zone. And, um, and it's scary. Like, it's scary to write a book. It's scary to, like, put your words out for the world to believe in, uh, to, to read them. Um, but you have to believe at a certain point that you were built for it. And so uh, whether it's, you know, <laughs> writing your first children's book, you know, here's to your dreams. Guess what? It's going to be scary when you choose to try and put your, uh, you know, your, your, your own imagination out on page. If you start decide to write a nonfiction book, it's going to be scary. But um, I hope that you believe that, uh, like the quote says, that you were built for it and that you can push outside of something that feels comfortable into something that, even though it scares you, um, is going to have you delivering some of why you're here to the people who likely need to hear it and, and read it most. Mm, that's great, man. Well, hey guys, the book, uh, Here's to Your Dreams, uh, out November 8th. Check it out. Um, Dave, where can people go to buy the book or to find out more about you and what you're up to? You can head to here's to your dreams.com. Uh, all the info on in the book, where to buy it, all the pre-sale bonuses, all the post-sale bonuses. If you're listening to this after release, uh, they'll, they'll all be there. And uh, I don't know, I spend some time on Instagram at Mr. Dave Hollis. So uh, come on by, say hi. Cool. Well, here's to your dreams.com. Uh, that's the name of the book. Here's your dreams, uh, a tea time with Noah book. Uh, <laughs> so check it out. It looks awesome. Dave, appreciate you. Chandler, I appreciate you too, bud. I'll see you when I'm back in Austin. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you could be listening to, YouTube channels that you could be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions 
of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, And then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, So number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.